Welcome to track number six of Labor to be Blessed. Distinguished Global Leadership Award. The Republic of Croatia, Evangelski Teološki Fakultet, which is a Christian university, uh, and honors Dr. Reverend Prince Gunaratnam with the Distinguished Global Leadership Award. Reverend Dr. Prince Gunaratnam is a world-renowned Christian servant leader, recognized by an extraordinarily fruitful ministry, making an enormous impact for Christ and his kingdom, both locally, nationally, and globally. Because God has raised up Dr. Gunaratma here in Malaysia, not only for this nation, but nation of the world. We just enjoy your pastor and his wife, wonderful, wonderful man of God whose God is using all over the world and he gets to be your pastor. Praise God! Prince Gunaratnam is the senior pastor of Calvary Church, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. At the tender age of 12, he received the call of God upon his life through a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. Together with his wife, Petrina Giao, the Gunaratnams have pastored Calvary Church since 1972. Today, they have led Calvary Church from a congregation of 70 adults to thousands as members are growing and has become one of the largest Pentecostal churches in Malaysia. Being a visionary pastor, the church embarked on a journey to build a convention centre with a built-up area of 600,000 square feet. The Calvary Convention Centre with a 5,000-seating auditorium, a multi-purpose and banquet hall, theatrets, classrooms, educational and administrative facilities was completed in early 2013. This will enable Calvary Church to fulfil its vision to be a fountainhead church to impact its community and the nations of the world with the Gospel of Christ. Prince and Patrina Gunaranam have a passion to reach the marginalised the elderly and the hurting in society. They pioneered a number of social concern ministries, such as Sunshine Home, a daycare centre for the elderly, Calvary Land, a home for the homeless, orphans and unwedded mothers, and CLM, a professional Christian counselling centre. Prince Gunaranam also established the Calvary Relief and Development Agency to facilitate an effective response to meet the various humanitarian needs locally and abroad. In recognition for his social service and ministry to the nation, Prince Gunaranam was bestowed two awards by His Majesty the King of Malaysia. One in 1999, the Order of Distinguished Service, which gives him the honorific title of Datuk. So he's referred to as Datuk Prince Gunaranam. And another in 2008, the Commander of the Order of Loyalty to the Crown of Malaysia, which gives him the honorific title of Tan Sri. So he's referred to as Tan Sri Datuk, Prince Gunaratnam. 
Prince Gunaratnam also received three honorary doctorate degrees. Doctor of Divinity from the Full Gospel Central Bible College of Whittier, California, USA. Doctor of Literarum from the California Graduate School of Theology, Glendale, California, USA. Doctor of Laws from Northwest College of Kirtland, Washington, USA. On 1st June 2016, he was awarded the Lifetime Achievement in Ministry Award by the Assemblies of God of Malaysia. A much sought-after preacher and teacher of the Word of God, Prince Gunaratnam travels and ministers extensively around the world at Church Growth International Conferences, World Pentecostal Conferences, Missions Conventions, and Asia Pacific Ministers Conferences and Evangelistic Rallies. His powerful pulpit ministry has brought the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to nations far and wide, over land and across the seas, and to the ends of the earth. Recognized for his outstanding Christian leadership, Prince serves on various ministry and advisory boards nationally and internationally. The vision of a 12-year-old boy who dared to dream, his vision of preaching to multitudes fulfilled many times exceedingly abundantly beyond what Prince Gunratnam could have asked or imagined. Wow, why don't you stand to your feet and Put your hands together for the Lord. What a blessing. Wow. How many are blessed? Sit down for a moment. We're going to have just a worship song. Where is Even? You ready? Yeah. What a blessing. How many are blessed to have Pastor Gunaratnam with us? The last time he was here was 10 years ago. Uh, he dedicated the Kodesh for us. Yes, that was 10 years ago. So, he's come to visit his children after 10 years. Hallelujah. What a blessing. So we are so excited. And um, I believe that the video you watched can give you an idea of the kind of person that is coming to speak to us. He's 72 years old. Yes. So he looks very young, but he's been around for many years. His children are all in the ministry, working with him. And uh, I don't know if you saw the picture of Yogi Cho there, very young. So you see that the relationship is a long time, old relationship. So I'm blessed to have also known him for, I think it's now about over 20 years, I believe, yes. And um, he's, my, he's my Asian father or my Malaysian father since um, I, I met with him in I don't know where Korea and then he has been 
a father to me, introducing me all over the place. Um, I remember in Brazil, when uh, Reinhard Bonke was introducing Daniel Colenda, you know, to preach. And I was thinking, you know, who's going to introduce me? And then Pastor Prince came and introduced me that I'm also his son to preach at in Brazil. So that's a blessing. So, oh, sit down. I don't know whether you want me to stop talking. So my wife and I have been, you know, the pictures you, you saw, I don't, I'm sure you wouldn't really recognize, but their, their church long, some years ago, when they were in another, another uh, hall, you know, um, we, we've, been, we've been blessed to be invited there, uh, preaching his church, invited me to a camp meeting in, an, on an island. Yes. One day you'll go there. How many are planning to go to Malaysia? One, one of these. Everybody is coming. <laughs> and uh, all through the years, you know, he, his wife shows me what to eat. He also tells me I should eat this one, I should eat this, I should eat that when we're having dinner. Yeah. Why not? It's very powerful. So, we are so blessed to have that relationship and we are having a Pentecostal World Fellowship meeting, board meeting, here in a few days' time. And I thought, oh, why not? It would be a blessing for all of us to receive uh, from somebody who has been doing it for a long time. How many would like to be 70 years old and still be in the ministry? We want to be 70. I hope you have something to do from now to 70. Something fruitful. What a blessing. So, Pastor Prince, once again, you are welcome to Ghana. Welcome to Anakazo Campus. And um, we just want to have one song. Let's all stand. We welcome Eben. Just have a song. Uh, worship. And then Pastor Prince will come up on stage. Thank you. Why don't we lift up our hands right now, Jesus? Then. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna. Sing Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. 
Worship Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. We give You praise, Lord. You are wonderful, Lord. We give You praise, Lord. You are God. There is none like You. You are marvelous in all of Your doings, Lord. You are a good God. You're a faithful God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today, Lord, you will do great things today, Lord. You will speak to us, you will be glorified in all of your work. You will not fail us today, Lord. You will speak to each one of us, you will challenge us, Lord. You will lift us up, Lord. You will deliver us, you will set your people free to do great exploits for you. We bless you, Father. Father, you never fail us. You're a faithful God. Today, we're believing that you will do a marvelous work, Lord. You will speak to us as individuals, Father. Though we sit here as a collective congregation, but you will speak to us individually. You will help us understand your call upon our lives. You'll help us understand the challenges that we face. That we face it not by our own might and our own strength and our own ability, but that through the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Open our eyes, Heavenly Father our minds and our hearts 
sanctifiers that we might receive and be led and especially sensitive to the Holy Spirit's teaching. We pray, we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody say, and everybody say a good amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You may, you may be seated. You know, you have an introduction from Bishop. It makes it very difficult to get up and preach. <laughs> I hope I don't disappoint you. he has already shared when I when I first came it was you were having church in a I forgot the name now <laughs> yes in that I don't know how you want to describe it but I said to myself oh Lord deliver Bishop Dagford <laughs> said deliver him Lord said <laughs> That, and what an what a amazing work that he has done. <laughs> Ten years ago to dedicate the church and then to come and see this campus and then to hear all the other things that is being done. Truly, God has raised a man of God in this place. And you should be very, very thankful that God has given you such leadership. Yes, I, I mean it. I mean it. He, he says, I'm the father, Asian father, but really I am blessed just, just to have fellowship with him. I, I want you to know that. And to see what God is saying and doing in his life is a tremendous encouragement. God bless you. You may be seated. Truly, I'm amazed to see what God has done in these last 20 years in my fellowship with him. He serves together as an executive board or advisory member of the Pentecostal World Fellowship. He also is on the Church Growth International that we are serve on those two main bodies of Christian fellowships around the world. And it's a real joy that I am given this opportunity to share with you today. And when I was asked if I would come and be with you in this Daniel Paul, Daniel is, is a huge man of God. <laughs> with Paul, I said, my lad, you got two big names conference. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see some Daniels here and some Pauls here. <laughs> and that's why they named this conference Daniel Paul. So, huh? Danny Paul, or whatever you call it. <laughs> I say Daniel Paul, but you say Danny Paul? Danny Paul? So when I was asked if I would come and share with you, and I really feel God laid this 
thought on my heart. And it has to do with overcoming limitations. But I'm not taking from Daniel or from Paul. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm taking it from the book of talking about David from the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel. Now, I don't know how much time do I have. Can, is there any? Till, till evening time? You know, I had good breakfast, so. <laughs> and I have a very special gift. I can sleep preaching. So once in a while, wake me up. If you, if you find me sleeping, somebody shout amen or something and let me wake up. <laughs> so my, my thoughts with you is on overcoming limitations. And uh, I'm, I'm going to use David as an illustration to this particular thought. So... If you will turn with me to 1 Samuel, chapter 16. I used to say, open your Bibles, but now it's no more Bibles. It's tablets and iPhones and what have you. And sometimes you use that. Actually, you're not looking at your Bible, but you're doing your emails. So some, sometimes I need to come down and watch what the... <laughs> 1 Samuel chapter 16, reading from verse 1, and then verse 6 through verse 13. 1 Samuel 16, 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have moaned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with oil and go to Bethlehem, find a man named Jesse, who lives there, and for I have selected one of his sons to be king. Come down with me to verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by appearance or height, for I have rejected him. Then the Lord, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. How many of you know that? The Lord doesn't see things the way you see. And many times in our ministry, we, we see things the way we want to see them, and then we judge them that way and make wrong decisions. See. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told the son, Abimadad, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemir 
But Samuel said, Neither is the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's servants were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons that you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. And he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once. And Samuel said, We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. You know, when you know what God wants, food is not the priority. Your stomach and your wants, and your, when you know what God wants in you, know it in your heart. then nothing else seems, seems to matter. Verse 13, So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of oil. He had brought and anointed David with the oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on till Samuel returned. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. How many of you know that the anointing does not exempt you from discrimination. It doesn't exempt you from hardships, difficulties, challenges, just because you're anointed. Your anointing doesn't set you apart that you will just live and walk on a smooth, straight road and everything is going to be fine. The anointing doesn't exempt you. It doesn't mean nobody's going to criticize you. It doesn't mean that there will be no hindrances. It doesn't mean there won't be any adverse circumstances or situations. So many times we say, well, God has anointed me, but why is this happening? Well, you're not exempted. See? And there's a purpose why he has anointed you. He has anointed you not to be exempted from them. He has anointed you, and the Bible t clearly tells us in, in Isaiah chapter 10, verse Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, gives us the purpose why he has anointed us. The Bible says this, In that day his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder, and his yoke from off your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. In other words, the anointing comes upon you when there is the hardship and there's difficulties. He has anointed you so that you can be an overcomer. So that you can rise above it. That's the reason why he has anointed you. That when these challenges come and these hardships comes your way, he anoints you so that you can be a victor. What God is looking for is not human perfection. And that's what we want, isn't it? 
we, 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 we want to judge and see how you look. See? And we think that's, that's the way God looks at us and pick, He picks us because we look we're handsome looking, we're pretty looking, we've got, you know. God doesn't look that way. It's not human perfection. He's not looking for human perfection. The anointing that He anoints us with enables us. If we don't have the anointing, we won't be able to do what He has called us to do. We won't be able to see what He wants us to see. So when you're going through a very tough time, when you're going through a very difficult time, the anointing opens your eyes to see beyond Amen. your circumstances and see Him who, uh, who, who is able to give you the power, the strength, and the wisdom to be an overcomer. That's what, that's what the anointing is about. So that you can do, see, think, believe where others can't and fail. You will never accomplish your dreams without the anointing. You will never accomplish the will of God without His anointing. It is not our righteousness that avails much. It is His righteousness in you through the power of the Holy Spirit that gives you the victory. And that's why the Bible says, not by might, come on, not by power, but by my spirit. So it's not how strong you are, how much you know, how much you understand, or what your background is, or how, what, you, how, what you look like. But if you're willing to submit yourself and to say, Lord, anoint me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and you will find that you can rise above every situation that seems to come your way. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So God said to the prophet Samuel, listen, don't look on the outward. Because Samuel was ready when the first, first son stood, he was, he was so good looking. And Samuel said, surely, surely, this must be the one. And God said, no, 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 not him. Have you looked around among your own buddies and you say, well, he, he's going to be better. He's going to do better than me. And you, and you go by what he looks like and his talents and so on and so forth. Listen. God is not looking for perfect human beings and their abilities and their strength. God wants people that will depend on Him so that when the job is done, what will they say? Glory to God! When the victory is fought and there is victory, People will say, look, it's not him. He serves a big God. He knows God. 
He has a great God. He has a powerful God. It is God in his life. And they run after to find out, what's your secret, sir? What's your secret? And you tell them about Jesus. You tell them how good he is. You tell them what he can do for you. He is looking for people who will glorify him. Not people who will glorify themselves. <laughs> He's looking for people who will lift the name of the Lord. The anointing that, was, that came upon David as Samuel opened his flush of oil and poured it on him, that was just an outward recognition of what God has already done. How many of you know God has already done his work in you and when somebody says anything about you or, or anoints you or prays for you or sends you out, it's just an outward identification of an inward work. You know this is what God would have you do. And if you don't, if you don't know, don't do it. So when Samuel came to anoint, David actually was already, in a, was already anointed long before Samuel got there. You say, really? How, how do you know that God had already chosen him and anointed him? Well, listen to his words when he speaks to King Saul. And there's a battle that's going on with the Philistines. And nobody dared go fight Goliath. And David said, I will go. And when the king heard that David was willing to go, the king, they said, bring him, let, let him see who, let the king see who he is. And David walks into the presence of King Saul. And King Saul looks at him and said, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You going to fight with Goliath? Listen, don't let anybody limit you discourage you say God has called me God has sent me God has put his hand upon my life it is not me it's him it's he in me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and, and, and listen to what David had to say to King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34, David persisted and said, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goat. 1 Samuel 17, 34. And David persisted. David said, listen, you, you think it's ridiculous. You think I'm not able to because I'm a shepherd boy. I'm not trained in this and that and the other. But God. Say with me, but God. Say with me, but God. And that's what David said. When I was, when a lion or a bear came, comes to steal a lamb from the flock, 
I go after it with the club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and the club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears. I, have, I will do this to the pagan Philistine. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And the Lord who rescued me. Who? David. The Lord who rescued me. So you see, the anointing has, had been on David's life. When Samuel came, it was just an outward declaration, a physical declaration of what God has already done in David's life. Listen, friend, don't wait for somebody. When somebody comes and tells you this and tells you that, listen, say, you know what? God has already done something in my life. God has already stirred within my heart. God has already put something inside me. I know this is what God wants me to do. And when you came to lay your hands, and when you came to say this to me, you know what? It's, it's, it's just an outward demonstration or an outward declaration that this is what God wants me to do. Somebody say a good amen. So will you allow God to speak to you in these few days that you are here in this conference? And then when somebody says something to you, it is nothing more than an affirmation. Again, if you read the book of Psalms and one of the popular or great Psalms, is Psalms 23. And David talks about his, his shepherd days and, and what he had learned as a shepherd. And then he, 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 he refers that and he says, The Lord is my shepherd. It's a beautiful psalm. And he, and he speaks about the, the Lord is his shepherd from the things he learned as a shepherd boy. So the anointing of David was way back before Samuel came along and poured the oil on his head. And when Samuel anointed him, he understood what God was wanting to do. He knew that God had something for him, his will and his purpose in his life. And he was ready to go. And when he stood before King Saul, he says, listen... I can face Goliath, for he has anointed me. I said, he has anointed me. God has anointed you. He can send you wherever the need is and the challenge is. And it is not how clever you are or how smart you are or how great you are, but because his anointing is on you. And it doesn't mean it's going to be smooth sailing. It doesn't mean the road is going to be smooth because you can overcome your limitations. You can overcome them. Now, what are some of the limitations? If I can just quickly pick some of these things up. Some of the limitations that David faced. Anointed. 
anointed of God. Anointed long before Samuel came. And then anointed by Samuel as an outward confirmation, declaration that he is God's anointed servant. But he wasn't exempted from the challenges and the limitations. And they come from various sources. First of all, his father. That's a, that's a pretty strong word when the father doesn't think too much of you. Yeah? The prophet Samuel comes to his, to his home, to his family and says, and he knew that he, the purpose why he was there is to anoint one of the sons as kings. And what did the father do? Brings all the best. <laughs> the seven magnificent sons. Have you heard of the seven magnificent? Perfect human perfection. The looks, the heights, the everything. The ability. The father must have said to, to the prophet Samuel, surely, surely one of these sevens cannot be any more. Yeah. But the prophet said, do you have any more? Do you have any other more sons? Oh, look, read how the script. Oh, he's, a, he's out there looking after what? Sheep, goat, bear, man, ma, or mule, whatever. <laughs> And you want to talk to him, you got to talk like a goat or a, or a, or a sheep. It can't be, it can't be him. Look at this seven. Choose them. And, and, and see how the prophet Samuel responds. He says, listen. I'm not going to sit down until you bring that little boy up. Wow. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to sit down because I know there is somebody that God has anointed. And God has already told me what to look for. But, but, but he, he's looking after the sheep. He's too busy. He, 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 if you want to know things about sheep and goat, talk to him. I will not sit down. Bring him in. Bring him in. And this is the father. Can you imagine as David comes and stands there and, the, and these are the words that has already been spoken. But you see, the anointing does not limit you. You can rise above the criticism. The downcast, you can rise. You can rise above that kind of a situation. 
And then you find that that was not the only one. His father didn't think too much about him. And then his father calls him and says to him, David, you know there's a war going on and your brothers are out there. You know, will you take some bread, some food up there and give it to your brothers and find out how they're doing? And David, as an obedient son, takes the food up to where his brothers are. And when he gets there, he hears the voice of Goliath challenging the God of Israel. And he stands and he t tries to figure out what, what is happening. His older brother gets to hear that David is there. Listen to what his older brother has to say. Look with me. In First uh, Samuel 17 and verse 28. First Samuel 17, 28. Listen to what his brother says. What are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. What about these few... Now see how sarcastic it is. What about these few... What? Few sheep. Few. You're supposed to be taking care of fugitive. <laughs> I know your what? You see, when God puts his hand on you, there's something that makes you stand out. And sometimes it's hard for them to know exactly, but they, they think you're proud, but it's not pride. It's the call of God. It's the anointing of God. I know about your pride and deceit. Wow. Very judgmental, isn't it? You just want to see the battle. No, that's not why he was there. His father sent him there. No, it wasn't his pride and deceit. His father sent him there. But look and see what his brothers were saying to him. But you see, if you are anointed... You can rise above those limitations. <laughs> Let me take you to the next one. What about King Saul? Which I referred a little bit earlier. First Samuel chapter 17 verse 33. This is the king talking to him. Now when the king talks to you, you better listen. And listen to what the king says. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 33. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way. Have you heard people say that? No way you can do this. And I can share a number of testimonies in my own ministry. They told me, it's no way you can get the piece of land to build a church in a Muslim country, right in the city of Kuala Lumpur. No way. No way you can do that. And if you do find that piece of land, you, will, you, you don't have the kind of money to be able to purchase that piece of land in the city. It's beyond your reach and beyond the ability of your people. Yeah, yes, it is, but not beyond God. I, I, I can tell you a number, a, a number of wonderful testimonies how God... 
And people said to me, no way. But when there is no way, God makes a way. <laughs> when there is no way, don't be afraid of no way. Don't be afraid when somebody say, it can't be done. Because that's a good indication. God wants to do it. Because if it can, God is not interested. But when everybody say, no, it can be done, God says, I'll do it. <laughs> Why? Because he gets the glory. And not you. The trouble with us is we all want to find things that we can say, there is a way we can do. <laughs> now, there are certain things it's fine. But when it comes to doing the will of God and finding God's will and finding God's way, many, many times, it's the unnatural mind that doesn't understand the mind of God. And the Bible says that. The natural man does not understand the ways of God. They don't understand. Now listen to Goliath. Fourth limitation that is being put on him. Finally, the king says, all right, I, I, I hear your testimony. I hear how, how the Lord delivered you. I, I heard it's not you. I, I heard the Lord with you. All right, go ahead and go. And so he goes. And that's also another very interesting part of the story. Don't try to be somebody else when you go to fight Goliath. Did you hear me? I said, don't try to be somebody else and see how somebody else did and what somebody else looked like and how, some, how somebody else has dressed up. And how, don't try to be, just be yourself. Turn around and tell somebody, just be yourself. And know what God has called you. And do, and do it for his glory. There's no limitation. Because of the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He loves you. He wants, I tell you, we are living in days people need to see the glory of God, not the glory of man. And everything that we accomplish, people see the glory of God. So, Goliath. Stands there and finally shouts and shouts and shouts. And finally he sees a little figure slowly walking from a distance. <laughs> and he tries to squint his eyes to try to recognize who in the world, who's coming. <laughs> sees a little boy with a with a sling in his hand and, and he gets a little closer and Goliath begins to size him up and says, what? They sent you to fight me? Don't let your limitations stop you. 
You may not, you may not look much and see much, but you belong to God. And his hand is on you. And listen, listen to what he, what, what Goliath says. Verse Samuel chapter 17, verse 42. Verse 42 says this. Sneering in contempt of this ruddy-faced boy. By the way, David was also a very handsome-looking boy. Okay? So it doesn't mean God only looks at ugly people. Yeah. If you read other portions of scripture, David was a very, very fine, handsome-looking boy. Sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Verse, come down with me to verse 44, chapter 17. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds. Wild animals, Goliath yelled. Wow. I'll chop you up like mince meat. You know why? Because birds don't have a big mouth. So you need to have <laughs> mince it up for them. And feed you to the birds. Wow. Can you imagine? Look at verse 28, same chapter. What are you doing around here anyway? Oh, so let me see. Oops, I jumped. And of course, you, you know the story, don't you? How David looked at Goliath and said, no, you come to me with sword, spears, but I'm coming to you. <laughs> I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to this town. I'm putting a church here. I'm coming to you, Satan. You've got no business in this place. I'm here to build a church. I'm here to glorify God. I'm here to do the will of God. I'm coming to you. <laughs> and with the sling and the stone. You know what? You may be seated. You know what? I, 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 I figured, I said, you know, even if David closed his eyes, the stone will still hit the right spot. Even he turned his back and threw the stone backwards. <laughs> you know why? It's not David. It's not David. The anointing of God is upon him. It was God who picked that stone. It was God who moved that stone. It was God who aimed that stone. And it hit him. 
You know, it's very, inter it's very interesting because this fight is still going on, you know, even today. And it's very interesting to see how these rebels that are fighting against the nation of Israel, and they're trying to use David's method. They're throwing stones at them. <laughs> but you see, God's not in those stones. But when David threw that stone in a sling, God was in it. And it was a powerful blow that hit Goliath. David didn't have a sword. But how many of you know Goliath prepared a sword so that he could die with it, a sword? That's right. I close with the last limitation, the fifth one. <laughs> you know what? Even the prophet Samuel didn't think too much of David. He did what God said, but he didn't think too much. You say, really, he didn't think too much? How do you know he didn't think too much? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Look with me in 1 Samuel chapter 10 in the way he anointed King Saul, the first king. Let, let, let's see how, he, how Samuel did it. And then let's watch and see how he anointed David. And you will know. So look, look with me. 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 1. Listen as I read it. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil Poured it over Saul's head, and then what? And then what? And then said, and then said what? I am doing this because the Lord has appointed me, you, to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. What an encouraging word. How many would like to have a kiss from the one who anoints you? They don't kiss you, you better ask them to. <laughs> now, 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 let's look and see how Samuel anointed David. So come down with me to chapter 16. For Samuel 16, look at verse 13. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with oil. Full stop. No kiss. No prophetic word. Nothing. And then what? The next sentence says what? Then Samuel returned to Rama. What do you, can, can you, you see, you see, you can read people by their actions, isn't it? Just, just watch them the way they behave, you can tell what, what's going on. 
They don't have to say a word, just, 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 just observe. He anoints David. And then what? Picks up his bags and... <laughs> but Saul gives him a kiss. Gives him a prophetic word. So, wow, you're... But you see, the anointing helps you overcome your limitation. Seek the anointing of God. Seek for the infilling of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And if anybody says anything, they simply say to affirm what God is already saying to you and doing for you within. And even if they don't say anything, you know. Because the anointing is upon your life. The anointing is upon your life. Don't let people put limitations when God has baptized you and anointed you with the Holy Spirit. Don't let, don't let negative words when you know God has spoken to you and given you the power, the strength to be an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. Paul tells us this very, very clearly. You are more than a conqueror. And you know, I can go on and on. There, David is not the only one. You, you can look at the life of Nehemiah. But above all, David and Nehemiah and many, many more. Look at Jesus. What did Jesus say before he began his ministry? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then watch what happened after that. What happened? He was led into the wilderness. And he didn't face human beings. He faced whom? But you see what the anointing did for him. What the anointing did for him. God wants you to be a people that's anointed. He's sending you from here as anointed people. That there is no situation that can limit you and hold you back. For the hand of God is resting. It's resting upon you. There's no village, there's no town, there's no situation, there's no, there's no financial situation. There, listen, you can name whatever that you say, oh, but pastor, but this, but that, but this. Listen, God's anointing Amen. is powerful. Amen. For you are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. You may be seated. 
I remember the time when we found a, this piece of land that you will see in a short while. I'll ask them if they would show you that video of the journey, the journey rather than the dedication. There's one on dedication. Maybe tomorrow you see the dedication one. But I want to close with the journey that we, we had to take. The piece of land that we wanted to buy. Everybody was telling us. In fact, I went to the Minister of Agriculture and Land and I said to him, can you tell us, is there any piece of land? And he says, there's no way you can find that kind of piece of land because I wanted at least a four to five acre piece of land for the size of the church that we wanted. No. No land. And then one day we were just driving by and I saw this vacant piece of land and I said to the agent, I said, why don't you just check this piece of land out? He checked it out and he said, you know what? It's for sale. When, and when he went out to check it out, the owners of the land or the company said, how did you all know that we wanted, you wanted, that this land is for sale? We, we just made a decision and you are the first ones. And then when the negotiations were being done and the price was way up so I asked for a personal appointment to meet up with the man himself they made the appointment and it's a long story how I got to meet this 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 man because he was a very difficult person to meet And when I sat down and talked with him about the price and what we want to pay, and, and then he asked me, what do you do? I said, oh, I pastor the church. And then he says, what do you want to do? I said, I want to build a church on it. <laughs> he looked at me with a big smile and he says, I don't think you can afford to buy it. I, I, I don't think you can, you're, you can afford to buy it. I don't think you... So my decision is, I would not want to sell it to you. I said, do you know that I know somebody who has a lot of money? <laughs> he said, who do you know? Who, who, who do you know that has a lot of money? And I pointed up there. <laughs> you know, he was dumbfounded. He just didn't know how to respond. He said, well, since you know <laughs> who has a lot of money, okay, this is the price for it. And then I negotiated with him on the price. He says, all right, if you can give me what you say, you, you and it's my price. If you can give me this price, I'll sell it to you. And he is not a Christian. He's a Baha'i. If you know what a Baha'i person is. Not interested. And we were able to buy that piece of land. <laughs> It was about almost seven acres. We only needed about four acres, a little bit more than four acres. 
we had another plot beside it that made up the balance. You know, we sold off the, the adjacent plot. We bought the whole thing for about three point something million. But when we sold the adjacent plot, we sold it for five million. <laughs> of God nothing is impossible with him the whole construction cost us about 80 million which you will you will see in a short while if you can get ready to close it up and I'll take my seat the whole building cost us about 80 million we just have a balance of 12 more to go and we'll finish it by the end of next year. Watch this video. For your inheritance, I command you, possess the land. All of the things that you have dreamed in your spirit and all of the things that have been raised in your heart by the Holy Ghost that you attempt to do, God will bless it and prosper it and all of these things will come to pass.
are all together here to dedicate this beautiful edifice to the work of Jesus Christ. And through this church, Jesus Christ would bring the gospel of salvation to this nation and around the world. We made it.